Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. And welcome to Opera Box Score. Wherever you are, however you're listening, hey, thanks for joining us. I'm your host, George Cedarquist, joined this week by creative consultant Oliver Camacho and co-host Tobias Wright, as well as our guest co-host Patrick Dean Shelton. More about him in a second. Okay, so you know who we are. Let me tell you what we do. We do America's Talk radio show about opera, period. No one talks with you about opera week in, week out like we do. What's more on our show? You get to have your say live on the air. So call us, 847-866-WNUR. That's 847-866-9687. Or if you're the shy type, you can leave us a message on 224-218-9BOX. Again, 224-218-9269. Well, this week we start off the show by going inside the huddle with tenor Patrick Dean Shelton. He graduated from the New England Conservatory of Music. He spent this past summer at the Music Academy of the West, and he's about to begin the diploma program at the Chicago College of Performing Arts. We figure out why exactly he's traveled from coast to coast training to be a singer. Then, in our Chalk Talk segment, we take a closer look at Young Artist Programs, or YAPS. The application deadlines for these programs are fast approaching. Singers are panicking. What's all the fuss about? Which programs are worth it, which are overrated, we'll let you know. Plus, we've got all your opera headlines in the two-minute drill, so let's do this. We're live. No edits, no filters. Kickoff is next. Keep it locked right here, right now on WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago, and Opera Box Score. You're listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. Oh my goodness. It's Monday night already. It's Opera Box Score time already. George Cedarquist here, hanging out with some great pals here in the studio with the likes of Oliver Camacho. Okay, quickly, let's start this call to action. Uh, later on in the show, we do want to hear from you our audience, especially if you are a singer, we want to hear about your audition stories, namely of young artist programs. But really, I want to hear about auditions in general. Has something happened to you that was so strange in an audition? Or did you walk in one day and you weren't warmed up and you like sang amazingly and still didn't get the job? I want to hear all those things. Uh, unique stories about audition season since it's coming upon us. The other man in the studio with me is Tobias Wright. George. Oliver. Great to see you guys. I've been. Uh, I missed last week. I was out working on my wobble. Yeah. On your wobble? <laughs> is that like, is that like nice. a golf term? No, it's a it's a vocal term. Okay, got it. Just got it. Okay, great. And then joining us for the first time ever, Patrick Dean Shelton. How are you, sir? I'm good. How's everyone doing tonight? Great. You know, I have to say that like there, when you get to a certain level in this music business, you begin to know everybody, and like there's a very like six degrees of separation, seven degrees of separation. It's usually like one or two degrees of separation. And, uh, you know, Mathen Black, Mathen Ring Black? Mathen. Yeah. Mathen, yeah. Our boy. Yeah, Mathen has been part of this show now a couple of times. And Mathen uh, had Patrick on his show 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then we stole him. <laughs> yes, it's so incestuous over here. So. <laughs> One three name for nah, man. Welcome <laughs> yeah. to the show, though. So cool to have you. Well, um, hey, look, you know, Oliver, uh, it was uh, your idea and your invitation to get Patrick on the show. Where would we? Where do we start this inside the? Well, hall for him? me, and, Patrick uh, is one of the best podcast audience listeners, and that's really enough for me. Uh, he listened to another show that I'm on called Opera Now, and uh, he listens to Opera Box Score and would send me little messages about how we're doing and like his feedback on some <laughs> things that we say. And I thought, well, I, I wish he would come to Chicago and be on this damn thing. And lo and behold, he got into the Roosevelt Diploma Program for Chicago Opera Theater. And so now he's here. My dreams came true. I'm now a resident of Chicago. Yay! <laughs> it's, it's been a long road. Where are you from originally? I am from Long Island, New York. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you just you went up I-95 to the New England Conservatory mm-hmm. of Music. What was that like? I did an undergrad there, and then I did my master's there, and it was a really wonderful experience. I did you go straight from your undergrad into your master's? I did, nice. and I took I took in a little bit of extra time in the middle finishing my undergrad. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I didn't take time off. I took extra time to finish the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. Gap year. <laughs> we don't have enough gap years, Americans. That's we what I'm saying. It. That's why I, mean, I asked that question. Actually, you know I me. Mean, I love a gap. Yeah. <laughs> And then you did this the program at, uh, it's in Santa Barbara, right? Yes, I spent the summer in wonderful Santa Barbara. Really, we are in Montecito at Music Academy, mm-hmm. which is where Oprah lives. So it is very, wait, very... Wait, whoa, whoa, wait. whoa. You wait. know Oprah lives Oprah, in Chicago, right? She lives right? in Chicago. Yeah. She has her She's summer home neighbor, dude. Get out, Montecito. dude. She lives next to me in Rogers Park. She has know, her maybe. summer estate in Montecito near the Music Academy. Does she attend things? No, no. I don't oh. think she's really there. Does she write checks <laughs> for it? I, I don't, I'm, that I'm not sure, but... I'm uh, sure just the tax that she pays on her income is probably enough to fund <laughs> Santa Barbara. All of our dreams. But it is, it's a beautiful part of the country, and it was a really wonderful place to spend the summer. On the beach, singing how, many, how long is that program? It was just about eight weeks. That so is so long to be away from things. It's not the what, longest What do you mean away program? from things? Like, you're, ma- you're making music and you're learning. You're, you're, it's you're, not you're, like it's Alaska. Yeah, but let's be real. Like, if you are a singer of a certain age, like, you know, in your late 20s, early 30s, mm-hmm. like, you have to, like, figure out how to sub at your apartment. You have to figure out how to save money and, you know, have rent for when you come back or rent while you're gone if you didn't sub at your apartment you know yeah. you have to like get rid of all your things put them in storage or all there's so many things it's not like a six week or a four week where it's like okay i can manage that but eight weeks is like two months plus the amount of time it takes you to travel there it's like 10 weeks it's a lot. basically but, yeah. but that's part of what we want to do right yeah i mean and that's that's the goal is to be mobile and be going to Gig to gig, like you seem to be doing, right? Well, now you're going to settle down and have a home. Yeah, and luckily... Are you excited for this? I am very excited. And luckily, I was homeless, basically, as soon as Music Academy started. So rent was not an issue. I packed up all my belongings into my car and drove yes. across the country. Yes. Um, and then I came you crashed here. one night at Casa OC. I did. I stopped with Oliver <laughs> and saw... Wait, did he cook for you? No, he came late what? and left early. What yes. kind of host are you? I Trust me. Yeah. It's in my. Uh, I can do it. I can there do was it. <laughs> there was breakfast waiting when I woke up. Yeah, that's Aww, true. Yeah. You, you stayed in you stayed in worse Airbnbs probably than Oliver's place. <laughs> yes. So so what? Ex- I mean, talk us through it. Like, okay, so it's eight weeks long. Uh, there you are. You you basically you should just be surfing every day, but instead you're like learning to make music. Who's who's there teaching you? Um, music Academy has a really really wonderful faculty, and Marilyn Horn is in charge of the whole thing, and you have lessons with her just about once a week. 
And then Warren Jones is there the whole time who is an amazing, extremely accomplished coach. And he coaches you every other week. And and he's accompanist to the stars. Every, he's played for everyone who is anyone pretty much. And then Martin Katz comes, who's a good friend of Marilyn Horn as well. Accompanist to the stars. As well. Yeah. Um, yeah, those two guys really are heavy hitters. They're both kind of nutty in their own ways. But, it's, I mean, this that, the quality of that teaching is really something else. So are you preparing roles? Are you preparing a show? Are you just learning rap? What's it like there for, wait, as wait, far wait, as the, it, the program? Let's, let's have, like, one question. <laughs> <laughs> well, Music Academy is structured differently than most summer opera programs. And it's more of a school than other places. So it's a lot of coaching. They only do one opera. Well, this year they actually did two operas. They did the second performance of the Matt O'Coin opera, the children's opera, Second Nature, that was premiered in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yay. And he was there um, working on that piece. And then he also conducted the opera, which was part like Bride. 16 years old or something like that, right? 26, yeah. which <laughs> makes me feel very behind <laughs> in my own musical life. But um, they prepare one opera, and that starts about four weeks into the program. And mostly you get to work on whatever you want to work on while you're there. Um, oh, so they don't assign you any particular repertoire? There are scenes at the beginning, and I was in a Act 1-1 of Falstaff, and then I did the Lucia Sextet as Arturo, and it was fully staged and costumed with piano in the beautiful concert hall that's there. And who's directing the scenes? Bruce Donnell directed the scenes, who is an um, older director who's been around for a long time. And then David Paul directed the opera, who is on acting faculty. So besides the the Mm O'Coin opera, what was the other show? It was Bartered Bride by Smetna, which we did because... In English or in Czech? In English. And we did it because Marilyn Horne's first professional role was Hata, which is the... Very small mother character. <laughs> so she... Won- you, know, you know the saying, though. There are no small roles in The Martyred Bride. Okay. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit. We don't have that much time. Let's talk about this program a little bit more specifically. I want to hear about, like, the first day and, like, Death by Aria or whatever that thing is called. I want to hear about the other things happening on campus and what campus life is like over there. I mean, I was actually there, so I know what campus life is like, but I want to hear you describe it. So... so um- Death by Aria at Music Academy is different than anywhere else I've ever been before in that it is a public gala concert. Holy F. um, That is live streamed. (laughs) (laughs) So luckily you, (laughs) yeah, it was really cool. And you, we, everyone got um, 15 minutes with Miss Horn at the beginning for her to hear your repertoire. And then before you went on, like the two days before. So you're there for about three days before the okay. opening night concert is what they call it. Okay, just for those who don't know what we're talking about, there are these programs where uh, there's a super stressful thing you have to do when you arrive, which is to sing for your peers. And usually it's in the form of a concert or maybe even not. But like this is the first time that everybody else is going to hear you and like size you up. It is my least favorite thing to do. <laughs> and I'm serious. I love singing. I don't know what you guys feel like who have sung before. But I hate Death by Aria. I have no shame. I (laughs) like it and I hate it. But the interesting thing at Music Academy is that because there's such a big song focus, 
you can sing songs or arias. It's not like okay. other festivals. So I sang a list song and okay. Did anybody do something ridiculous like a Bellini aria cabaletta type of thing or a... no one did because you had to submit the repertoire beforehand, uh-huh. have it approved, and then sing it for Miss Horn again so she could approve it a second time once okay. you were there. What was the flashiest thing you heard at Death by Aria? Um, I don't. No one sang anything that was too crazy. There were people who sang. There's one girl who sang a kind of crazy wolf song. But okay. that was, people were tasteful, okay. I found. Nice. You're listening nice. to Opera Box Score on WNUR 89.3 FM. This is George Cedarquist talking to Patrick Dean Shelton, a tenor and our guest co-host. So Patrick, you survived the sing-in, as they mm-hmm. call it, at some young artist programs. Death by Aria. <laughs> Death by Aria, thank you. That is a very dramatic title. Yes. Uh, so how in, it feels. <laughs> in, and you're doing scenes, you're doing this uh, this stage performance. I mean, what is, what's kind of uh, the highlight as you look back on the whole thing? Um, for me, honestly, the highlight was how much language coaching I got <laughs> because unlike in school where you're in a language class, anytime you needed language coaching, you had an hour or a half hour with someone whose job it was just to coach that language all by yourself. And I feel like my languages grew a ton. And that was the thing about music Academy was I am going to take away what I learned more than anything I did on stage. I would say, what about the bikini bodies? You're right there by the beach. We spend plenty of time on the beach. There are plenty of pretty people in California. <laughs> Being skinny is helpful in California, I would say. <laughs> and in Santa Barbara, it's a very fit community. Music Academy actually encourages you to, they have a whole like workout program that you can yeah, isn't do. that Lady Jenny or something like that? that Jenny does a- Schatzel. Is, yeah. is the community around you really supportive? I mean, the- I, so as a musician, I think any musician worth their salt knows about Music Academy of the West, but what's the community like? What do they do? I would say that Scott Reed, who's in charge of the whole festival, it has made it his mission and it's the festival's mission to really have a super engaged audience and they assign donors to every person there. So you have... What's the word that they use? Compeers. Compeers. And they take you out to dinner. They take you whale watching. They allow you to experience Montecito because as a musician, you would not otherwise be able to afford to experience Montecito. Patrick, Um, so you're getting ready to uh, start up at the Chicago College for Performing Arts mm -hmm. uh, at Roosevelt University. It's in the South Loop. Uh, what's what's the plan for the coming year? What's what's it look like for you? What are the assignments? What are you looking forward to? I will be singing in Le Vanner Bay by Frank Martin, which is um, a... Tristan and Isolde. It's Tristan and Isolde, and it's a Swiss mid-century opera, and we're doing it in English, which is great, and I'm excited about that because it would have been very stressful to learn in French. Um, It's... Um, but it's difficult music, but it's very beautiful, and it's sort of inspired by plain chant... And oh, then nice. they are doing um, the Fairy Queen, which I am covering one of the tenors in that. Um, then there's a premiere that I don't think any of the young artists are in. The Disney opera, right? And no, they're doing a premiere by the drummer of the police. Oh. Who is oh. a classical composer? Oh, the Stuart Copeland piece. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and so all these pieces are being done. I, I said CCPA, but it's really more through Chicago Opera Theater, correct? Yes, there is ch- like two parts to the program, and. Through Roosevelt, I get lessons and coachings every week and dramatic coachings and a workshop class. And then I'm a young artist at Chicago Opera Theater at the same time. That's awesome. So when as part of uh, being accepted, did you get your assignments for the year? We got our first assignment a couple of weeks after the 
um, offers one out for the Roswell program. So your audition for the program is also your audition for the, the upcoming shows. Yes, and okay. the, the music director was in the audition and in our second piece coached us a little bit. So we oh, kind nice. of got to meet him and he asked us to do some strange things that I was super sort of excited for and ready for. And I think it'll be good working with him and I'm super excited to start. We have our first rehearsal on the 7th, so I think it should be a really interesting and productive year for me, or two years, actually. And what are you thinking about Chicago so far? I mean, you've only been here, what, two weeks? Only two weeks. Um, I haven't had a bad meal, so I feel like that's a good sign. Nice. <laughs> that is a great sign. Uh, and you're going to go to Liederstube. Yes, I'm going to try to come to Liederstube <laughs> this week. Did, did, did you hear about this couple, by the way, from Arizona? I did see this. Oh, did, you, that did you see yeah. this? They lived here exactly. for 24 hours. They literally lived here for 24 hours and then moved away, I assume, back to Arizona and then posted some totally self-indulgent, which naturally went viral. Like a 16-minute video about how they had a bad experience like on the red line or something like that. Like, Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get out. Just so, go away. I've yet to have a bad experience, so. Well, whatever you you'll do, don't. If you do, you will. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, you'll, you'll. But just know that's kind of like being baptized in Chicago. And, yeah. And everybody will love you for it and yeah. avoid the red line after midnight. Okay. That's my that's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> Very good advice. Uh, so we're talking about these young artist programs. Our next segment, our chalk talk segment, is going to be all about them. But Tobias, would you be able to kind of set the stage a little bit before we go to the break about what exactly a a young artist program sure. is and what qualifies for that? Uh, so, well, as we call them, YAP, uh, Young Artist Program. Um, that's kind of. Well, you know, we, we like to say that we are a, a, a sports talk radio uh, structured show. And I kind of look at young artist programs as like the minor leagues of the opera world. Um, and it's kind of like getting your start. And so right now, um, it's kind of audition season. It's the beginning of audition season. So where every singer is gearing up, getting their recordings ready, making sure their resume is up to date, making new bios, having great headshots. Um, and then kind of going through, sifting through, and seeing what programs they want to apply to. And so it all sounds great, and it sounds exciting. However, it's kind of daunting. And uh, I think we can dive a, a little bit deeper into that when we come back. That's what's coming up next on the show. You're listening to Opera Box Score on WNUR 89.3 FM. Number in the studio, 847-866-WNUR. It's 847-866-9687. Get those opera audition horror stories ready. Get your opinions ready for what you think about young artist programs. We're going to be right back after this. From Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. Amnesty International is a worldwide organization dedicated to promoting human rights. Amnesty conducts letter-writing campaigns and tries to raise public awareness about capital punishment, police brutality, and torture in the United States and abroad. For more information about Amnesty International, you can check their national website at www.aiusa.org. This message brought to you by WNUR. Do you need to travel for medical reasons but don't have the money? Are you an abused mother who needs to escape to the protection of family? Angel Flight believes nobody should be denied medical care or other help because they can't afford to travel. Angel Flight has volunteer pilots standing by to help those in need. 
Contact Angel Flight to see if they can help you. Call toll-free 1-877-621-7177 or go to angelflight.org. This message brought to you by Angel Flight and WNUR. Coughs and colds are no fun for anyone, but don't assume you need antibiotics. Taking unneeded antibiotics can do more harm than good because sensitive bacteria are killed and resistant ones are left to grow. That means the next time you take an antibiotic, it might not work. This message brought to you by the National Consumers League and WNUR. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Opera Class, Sports Radio Crass. This is Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. We're back here on Opera Box Score, 89.3 FM, WNUR, hanging out with Oliver Camacho. We have a caller. And, and they're on hold. And hanging out with Tobias Wright. I'm still here. And I have not been fired. That's good for you. <laughs> and hanging out with the likes of Patrick Dean Shelton. Hey. Patrick. Our new, fr- our new friend, Patrick Dean Shelton. And hanging out with Anna, Hello. not Katrebko, our caller. Tell us what's on your mind. Anna, are you with us? Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing great. So what's on your mind, Anna? So I'm calling incredible that uh, to, to be I, I hate to use I mean that's blatant discrimination is it not I, I mean I don't know Oliver what do you think <laughs> I, I think that it's it's unfortunately Goodness. are you a soprano Anna she's off the line right now thanks for oh. the call Anna appreciate it oh. so yeah boys what do you think she's talking about how she dresses how she's being judged like that fair not fair I, I think that when you're doing an audition it should be blind um, at, at, to some extent and yeah, I do think they're, you know... It should be like the voice where they, like, the chairs, like... Or like around. orchestral auditions. <laughs> I don't Behind think... A if you're going to offer feedback, like what she just told us, like, if you're going to offer feedback and, and not have it be constructive toward helping that artist's career, but then somehow critiquing their appearance, I'm sorry. Okay, well, we don't know what Anna looks like. And, I mean... We, that is true. She's I probably mean, a beautiful woman, but, I mean, I've just be, put it, be, be real about this, that there are a lot of sopranos, and if you are not extremely extremely skilled and vocally talented then it does come down to will you fit the director's concept 
And this is a terrible thing, but it's it's true about because there's so many of them, you know. Yeah, I I, I don't think men I, suffer I this. Know. I mean, if you're like a a Schwartz boss, you know, you're gonna get hired, you know. Well, but why does that have to be? So why does the appearance have to be something that's included in the critique? That was a. Uh, I'm really sh- I'm really shocked that they actually gave. Yeah, this critique. I, that's why I'm like flabbergasted. How an unsolicited critique of someone's appearance. I'm Anna. Thank you, one for calling people. Call us in with some more audition stories here. Um, but like that's just incredible. I don't. And I I feel I'm, like I hear it from my colleagues all the time that it's something. That, that that's the f- like feedback that they'll have sung very very well and then the only thing that gets commented on is a dress or a hem length and it's a, definitely a problem <laughs> like what about the the hours just, that i spent me, in it, the it practice sh- room <laughs> it shows that i mean if she is a great singer let's assume she is that they have no imagination and they can't you know imagine what their costumer can do or what a little bit of coaching can do etc you know you really should go based yeah. on and yeah. also, we're definitely going to assume that she's a great singer because she's listening to Opera yes. Box. So let's get back on track here. We were going to talk in the segment, George. Right. Well, about, you know, young artist programs, yaps, you know, which ones are worth it and which ones aren't. I mean, when you look at this uh, program website called Yap Tracker, which basically is a clearinghouse for all these different organizations, it allows you to look at these listings. Uh, look oh, come at, on. There's got to be like a sports analogy for it. I'm trying to think of one, actually, Tobias. I And I'm kind of drawing a, a, a well, blank. I, you know, when I think of Yap Tracker, and here's why it's stressful for singers it's not so much as you're trying out for your varsity basketball team as it is you have a large group of friends right in the singing world and we just talked about how kind of it's incestuous the two degrees of separation whatever well imagine all of your friends to those listeners who are not opera singers imagine all of your friends being like you know what i'd love a job for next year and everyone goes in auditions or excuse me interviews for the same job that's stressful because there's only so many spots and so that's to me at the beginning, boom. Okay, so your competition's crazy. So that's already stressful. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I, I think as you get older, you make uh, more selective decisions on who you decide to apply well, to. Well, exactly. There's a lot of wheat and chaff here. So how do you sort through? I mean, Patrick, if you're thinking, you know, you're going through, you're looking at these programs. How? What kind of options, statistics, call it what you will. What are you looking for to help you decide who you're going to apply for and who you're not? Who's paying and who's not? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I got it's the biggest I got one. To pay. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's that 2 a.m. email every night that really stresses me out with the listing of all the new jobs that come up. Mm-hmm. And you do have to really look at it and be like, what of these 30 things do I have the money, time, and resources to audition for? So oh, money, money, time, and resources. But do you also. Uh, I think you do you look at some things that you want to do versus things that you should do or things that you shouldn't apply for that's not appropriate for your voice like how do you sift through that um for I I try to look at what repertoire they're doing and sort of see if there are will be things in their season that I could sing for and try to only apply for things where there's stuff available for me specifically yeah um but also, sometimes there's nothing and you want a spot at St. Louis for the summer and you're going to apply anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's, let's give some, some more information to the audience. Uh, there are programs where you pay to be a part of them. They're called pay to sings. Mm-hmm. Almost all programs, whether or not you have to pay to participate, you have to pay to audition. Yes. And sometimes you pay to audition and you don't even get the audition. You send your materials and they decide they don't really want to hear you in person and you don't get a refund on that. You pay um, to apply. Yeah, application yeah. fee. Yeah. 
There are some that are completely free, like Music Academy in the West. If you're lucky, you get a fellowship mm -hmm. and they feed you and they house you. Do you have to pay for your transportation? You do have to. The only things you have to pay for is you have to pay to get there and there is a deposit. Okay. And so there are some really luxurious programs like that. Uh, the Castleton Festival was also like that. Mm -hmm. But then there are some that are sort of in between where, you know, they give you a stipend, but that stipend you're expected to use to, like, house yourself and feed yourself. And yeah. it's basically breaking even, if, if not losing money over the summer. Which is, um, which is really difficult for singers because we want to sing. We want to right. go you sing have with to stay Horn. You have to stay active. You can't have a summer of doing nothing unless right. you're like, and, and, you know, studying. And that's why I think it's so important uh, to be smart in choosing who you're going to even send your auditions uh, materials and to apply for, you know. Um, so Patrick is on the right track here saying something. To those of you who are listening for some advice, Look at what repertoire they're doing. See if there's something that's useful to you and your FOC and try to figure out what really your voice is and where your voice is going to see if you can get experience in that repertoire. Or try to find a program that has excellent instruction and where you know you're going to learn something like stagecraft or you're going to get great language or coaching. Or like Patrick or, said, your yeah, the languages. Yeah, where you're actually going to get a skill or you're going to be immersed in a different country where you ha have no choice but to be learning a language. Uh, there are lots of programs out there that are just slave labor where they're, you know, taking on young people so that they can pay the instructors because it's like their instructors, like a little summer gig or where um, it is a regional opera company where um, you're basically doing bit parts and chorus so they don't have to pay, you know, professional choristers. And this is where you get to really see the underbelly of this business, the ugly, ugly underbelly of this business where, you know, the the general director or the marketing department is putting out to the public that we're doing this young artist program, that we're developing the next generation of talent, but really they're just using the next generation of talent. And like the general director is also like the stage director or the conductor. And they're, you know, all these people are just trying to make a buck. And I'm not saying they're taking advantage of the system per se, but opera is so expensive to put on. And sometimes this is a this is a business plan. Actually. Yeah, the young artist program is not a perfect system, and I think you hinted at that. I don't know, <laughs> kind of what you're describing. I don't know any of the ones that like have like money embezzlement and like people like going on I'm vacation. I'm not saying it's, a, it's not embezzlement, <laughs> but it's like let's say that there's a brand new program in some vacation town in Florida, for example, and suddenly there's this semi-famous opera, retired opera singer or famous teacher from a conservatory program who started a program and invites all of his teacher friends or her teacher friends to be a part of it. They hire like whatever, a conductor, they have more voice teachers and et cetera. And so they want to be in this town for a month and make some money and they want to figure out how to do it. So they create a young artist program and they do scenes or whatever. And you have to pay to play and everybody benefits, but mostly the person who started it. Yeah. You're listening to Opera Box Score. It's on WNUR 89.3 FM. You know, the easy part is for the director, of course, because there are literally like five YAP programs out there that have a spot for a director. So we don't really have to sort between all this this wheat and the chaff. It's basically like Marilla Opera Program in San Francisco, Wolf Trap Opera in Washington, D.C., 
Glimmer Glass Opera in upstate New York. Am I missing one? Uh, Santa Fe, I suppose, um, in New Mexico has a spot for an apprentice stage director, kind of. So, I mean, for our sake, like we just basically apply to all of them and we're all going for the same things. And this is what happens is that basically the good directors, they rotate through these programs. So at the end of a five-year period, we've all done all the programs. We just simply do them in a different order. And then I don't know what the hell we have to do after that. We're just kind of fighting it out after that. But like, in terms of the app programs, we actually have it pretty easy. I, I, you know, I pity the singers having to apply for all these things, and I kind of pity the pianists, accompanists, repetitors, coaches, however you want to label uh, those folks. I, I feel like they have a very uh, short straw that they've drawn in terms of the app programs. You mean as far as being an accompanist and going to a YAP program? I mean, it's just, it's it's so competitive. It is, yeah, they're honest. paying to apply as well. Do they get picked? Don't they? I, I feel like they're a little more susceptible to kind of being that slave labor that you guys talked about. I mean, just playing and playing and playing for hours on end. You forget how physically taxing it is to sit at the piano and play six, eight, God, 10 hours a day. I mean, as directors, like we kind of, all our work is done by the time we show up in the rehearsal room. So we can just kind of lay it down and then, you know, go have an early lunch, basically. Uh, but the pianists are just, I mean, they're working, working. working. Yeah. Well, the singers are working too. Yeah. If, you, if you're a pianist looking for a program, though, apply to Music Academy, I would say. they. Tr- I've never worked anywhere where they've treated the pianists. Well, if you have Martin well. Katz and Warren Jones on yeah. staff, they care about Well, they're going to advocate stuff. for you, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I will say something, though, really quick. We talked about the pay-to-play, the pay-to-sing. Um, and while I don't believe that they're all a great answer to the young artist question, I do think that without doing a pay-to-sing, a pay-to-sing, pay Opera in the Ozarks was the first thing I ever did. Opera in the Ozarks. Opera in the Ozarks in Eureka yes. Springs, Arkansas. And I tell you something, I spent eight weeks there and absolutely fell in love with opera and didn't know that I fell in love with opera until I had to be trapped in the middle of nowhere in the Ozarks and only could do opera. Um, but there are people there who really cared about music and about making other people love it and then share that gift. And yeah, it cost money. Um, yeah, I, I, but I didn't feel like I was being taken advantage of. I'm I not feel... slamming pay to sings. Actually, I I have famously worked for a pay to sing uh, called Amherst Festival, and we work. The staff works so hard, and we make so little money. Yeah. We do it because we love it, and we're doing something very specific. We're doing baroque opera, and we're trying to like spread the baroque, you know, lifestyle. And uh, it's, you know, it's okay, seriously. So, <laughs> so you were sort of like bowing to each other and like getting syphilis? What do you mean the Baroque lifestyle? <laughs> Lyst and whatnot, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, like we, we have like a very clear mission and it's not a very popular mission. And so we, you know, we don't charge our um, singers that much. We charge basically just what we need to like cover the expense of housing them or whatever, you know. So, um, no, I, I'm not against pay to sings in general, but there, I feel like there are too many young artist programs now yeah. that are not really really offering anything to anybody. Yeah. And I feel what it is is that there's like this overflow of all these people studying opera who are trying to get into the business somehow, and there's a demand yeah. for experience. And so these things will come up because it's, you know, people will figure out there's a way to make money by doing this, you know. And it's very hard to go from school into a young artist program without having some role experience somewhere in between. And I feel like a lot of people choose the pay to sing as the way to do that. 
Yeah, yeah and that's kind of always, you know, I always go back to the baseball analogy. That's your single A rookie ball. You know, yeah. you're there. You're learning what it's like to have oh, a. I love when you talk sports. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you talk dirty. <laughs> no, but that's like when you have your first Vondel. Like, how could you know what a Vondel probe is if you've never, you know, been in front of an orchestra? And I still remember, like, being shocked at how that all worked and being like, oh, glad I learned this. But you so, know, like, after you complete a, a yap. Uh, and you go back to your undergrad or to your grad program, like, do you feel, you know, educated and enlightened and like you can conquer the world? Or is it kind of disappointing and the whole summer has been sort of a waste and here you are back at school and you haven't really learned anything, but man, your your wallet is 3,500 bucks lighter. I think it really depends. <laughs> How'd you feel after Music Academy? After Music Academy, I was I was very satisfied. I went with no expectation, sort of, other than... Hopefully I would get time with some of these very famous people whose names were on the list. And I know that when you go to some festivals, just because the faculty is famous does not mean you get time with them. And I feel like I learned a lot. So I was very, very pleased. I would tell people to apply. I'm going to apply again. So, and it's like you said, what are you going to, you may not, it may not be the stage time that you take away from there, but your language, you were immersed in a language in a way that you hadn't been before. And yeah. boom. so well, there you go. If to, that's what you Tobias, get. Tobias, how have you felt then, you know, doing a summer program somewhere, just, just purely summer program. And then, you know, well, I feel like summer programs, I've, you know, having done a, a full season as an apprentice with a company and also done summer programs, I feel like, uh, I, I've grown a lot in summer programs, and then there have been times where I've left and been like, well, at least I met some cool people, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I did one last year in Maryland, and I didn't get paid. Everything was paid for, mm-hmm. but I was there. It was a zero sum game? Yeah, yeah, it was. Every They paid for transportation, and I got to stay with an awesome lady in her house, and that was super cool. And I got to meet great people, and it was this beautiful little town on the Chesapeake Bay. And but I, you also did Sarasota. Well, right, but we're talking about summer stuff. Yeah, okay. So that was just something I did and was like, yeah, what a cool opportunity. And I got to sing great music, didn't lose any money. And so for me, it was just a fantastic experience. That's what how, I took away. How were the parties? Were they lame? No. The parties? No. Those old retired people in Maryland, they love to party. Yeah, but you cut <laughs> loose, though, man? They oh, man. You, really? I, there was one lady, one of the donors. I shouldn't tell this story. Did you get your drink on? I did. Yeah, <laughs> So did a lot of people. Nice. I just want to say that there are, I mean, like, as singers... We don't really get that much experience on stage until we are maybe juniors in college or even master's students. And I think it's great that there's a place that even if you're paying for it, there's this time in your life when you go do this thing and you're surrounded by people who are doing the same thing. And you get the I think you get the bug. This is where people get really passionate about the business because they're starting to finally meet people who are really serious about it. You put on a show together. And there's something that really bonds you with a cast, especially if you're somewhere like the Ozarks or something like that, where mm-hmm. you're alone with these people for an extended amount of time, where you make friends that you'll have for the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. And that's important to do that. And it's worth it financially if you're going to do that. And I think you come back in the fall and you have expectations that the program that you're in should be giving you experiences like that. You should be in a show. You learn this skill. You should get on stage. Everybody should get a chance to get on stage and do something. And you know how to be on stage because that's also another thing. Like learning just stagecraft is super important. Right. And so that's where a young artist program in the summer can give you an experience that maybe you can't get at a school during an undergraduate um, period of time. Also, I don't think that that Maryland thing, by the way, I definitely paid to get there. They didn't pay for that. So I lost money. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Opera Box Score on WNUR. But that 89. Cougar kept buying drinks, though, right? So <laughs> it's it's Scotch. Yeah, okay. Phone number in the studio, 
WNUR. That's 847-866-9687. We're talking to Patrick Dean Shelton. We are talking YAP programs. we got the two-minute drill coming up right after this. Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. your child and wonder what the future holds. You may dream about the possibility of your son or daughter becoming a professional athlete or a renowned heart surgeon. While you're dreaming, consider this. The odds that your child will be diagnosed with autism are 1 in 150. Knowing the signs of autism and catching it early could make a world of difference to your child and to you. To learn the signs, visit AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. You've gone to protests, written letters, even considered chaining yourself to a tree. But saving the world isn't easy at all. Fortunately, saving a life is. And when you donate one pint of blood, you can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick, a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because more than 1,000 Americans develop Alzheimer's every day. At our website, you can learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. Hey, Billy, want to go to the state fair? Yeah! Well, you can't. Well, you see, Billy, when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have done with it. But now your parents are becoming energy efficient. They could save hundreds of dollars a year and take you to the fair next year. I want to go now. I know you do. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Hey, George Cedarquist here, host of Opera Box Score. Whether you're allergic to opera or you're a devoted fan, our show is for you. We tackle the week's opera headlines and body slam them into a sports radio setup. The result? 60 minutes of play-by-play analysis, exclusive interviews, and scandalous opinions. Plus the heroes, villains, and stats from this crazy art form that we love and love to complain about. Join us for Opera Box Score Monday nights at 9 on WNUR. Live from Chicago, this is Opera Box Score. With George, Oliver, Tobias, and Giovanna. This just in, the two-minute drill. 
time now for the fastest headlines in opera news. Everything you need to know in two minutes tops. Arizona Opera's opera studio director Alan Periello was named director of the Glimmerglass Festival's Young Artist Program. He starts next summer and will do the job in conjunction with his Arizona opera job. Periello, whose resume includes stops on the music staffs of Pittsburgh, Seattle, and Boston, is beginning his fifth season with Arizona opera. He replaces Michael Heaston, who is taking over at the Metropolitan Opera's Lindemann Young Artist Program. Boston Lyric Opera has announced a multi-platform regional recognition of the robust opera and vocal music offerings in Greater Boston over the next six weeks and debuted an online calendar that combines them all as part of the company's 40 Days of Opera celebration. It's inspired by BLO's 40th season. Elizabeth Murray, Managing Director of the San Francisco War Memorial Performing Arts Center buildings, which includes San Francisco Opera, has announced that, quote, in accordance with the ordinance regarding all gender toilet facilities at the Performing Arts Center, we will be redesignating single-user toilet facilities as all gender by September 23rd. Well, she was in the two-minute drill last week. Teen singer Laura Breton will appear on the August 30 edition of America's Got Talent. It's the semifinals. Apparently, she's going to be singing in Hebrew. And finally, you too can buy a Metropolitan Opera chandelier for your bedroom. They're on sale in the Met store for prices ranging from $19,000 to $83,000. That's the two-minute drill. Listening to Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Oliver Camacho, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. Opera Box Score here, 89.3 FM, Evanston, Chicago. That's WNUR. George Cedarquist hanging out with Oliver Camacho. So I don't have much to say about the two minute drill, but I do have to comment on all the new jingles. Like I was so surprised. Like I don't even know what show I'm on anymore. And like I got <laughs> Tobias like twerking over here because he's like really into I, I, I was shimmying to yeah. the last new jingle. I Tobias, was please don't ever do that again. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, well, Tobias, I mean, do you want to pick up something here from yes, the, the two-minute drill? And uh, before you do, let me just shout out the number in the studio, 847-866-9687. Ready to take your calls, get your voice live on the air, let us know what you're thinking. Tobias. Please do. Okay, so here's my response. <clears throat> Oliver, did you hear the prices of the chandeliers we could put in our home? <laughs> I, I, you know, if I just work a couple doubles in the next week at my yes. serving job, that 19K chandelier... <laughs> That was like the low end. That's one that's like that's one that's like chipped or something. Like that. So, I, does this price include them like bringing it to you and installing? Well, why it is in there a home? range of price? Like, if you've been to the Met, like all the chandeliers look the same and they all do the same thing. So, so why is there a price range? No, they're not all exactly they're different the same, cham- yeah. chandeliers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. oh, they're not all the they same. They have the wall sconces that have little squares, and then they have the starburst ones. Yeah. I've I actually want... been able to buy the Met chandeliers for a while just yeah. from the company that makes them. Yeah, the starburst is what I want. I wanted to descend. Like when I'm going to sleep, or like, <laughs> to raise, no, like when I'm about to like do business, <laughs> like business the time. Chandeliers <laughs> lift. Oh, like eighty three thousand dollars. Do you know? Do you know what kind of an opera production I could direct with that amount of money? Well, you could do a really minimalist one, but with a 
dope chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, Patrick, what about this Boston Lyric Opera thing? 40 days of opera. All this opera is happening. I didn't even include in my little rundown all the different companies that are taking part. Uh, I mean, you've, you've, you've been at the New yeah, England Conservatory. I'm super excited because Boston Lyric Opera, um, they just left their theater where they've been doing their shows for 10 years in Boston, the Schubert Theater, because it was too cramped a space and they're now bringing in shared productions mm-hmm. and they're doing the Calixto Bieto Carmen that San Francisco just did. Nice, the, yeah. The kind of crazy one. And it, I think that opera in Boston suffers frequently because the audience there really likes chamber music and orchestral music a lot more than it cares about opera. So I'm excited to see BLO doing something to try to get the audiences into seats. There's a lot of crazy things happening in Boston. I know Beth Morrison, right. her production company is doing that Orbor's trilogy that's coming up. Mm-hmm. So hopefully BLO can keep its uh, audience up and this should help. Could we do something like this in Chicago, boys? What do you think? That many, that many days of opera? 40 days. No, we can't. <laughs> we, we, don't have, we don't have the companies. We, we, could, don't do, have the we could do 40 days of leader, maybe, but not 40 days okay. of opera. Yeah. You just no, do- you know, I, the 40 days, it's kind of interesting. I, but I do like, I'm excited for the opera, the upcoming opera season in Chicago because there's so many great companies doing actual work that is that needs to be seen. And I'm kind of glad it's not all crammed into 40 days because then after that, I'd be like, well, taking a break from that for a while, you know. I don't want my opera fill in one big that, That's bike. a good point. I think that if you do it like so concentrated, there's a big chance that people are going to miss like people who would want to see your thing are going to miss your thing because there's no way they're going to see all of it. You know? Right. But I do like the idea, and I, I like the idea. Of so there, Boston. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> Farewell to our Boston listeners. I can't believe we didn't talk about the Cozy that just went up. Um, I know that we talked about it already, but they reviewed it, and I'm looking for the review now, but forget it. You can't so. find it, Oliver? Yeah, yeah. The, the one with the blackface. Blackface okay. cozy, yeah. It's old news, dude. No, but it finally perfor- per- uh, was performed since we since our last show. So. Okay, and did they burn down the theater? I don't afterwards? know. That's I, what I was trying to see. Like, I probably probably is this the same cozy that there's controversy of with the South African yeah, singers? That's the, one, yeah. the one in the same. Where yep. they had all the pay issues this week in France. What? Oh dear! Oh, the Do pl- tell, the Patrick. Plot thickens. <laughs> yeah. My Google Opera alerts. They was something with the contract issues where the South African singers were not being paid as much as the French singers and they renegotiated their contracts and now in France and now they're being punished by the South African opera company if I'm not mistaken. Okay, no, this is the Edinburgh Festival. Oh, this, yeah. But yes, yeah. but it's but it's all the same production. Oh wow, okay. Oh, but man. then in England the Edinburgh Festival negotiated their contracts differently so they're all being paid okay. the same. And are they doing a concert version of it at Mostly Mozart Festival or something like that? The same cast? Are they? I think um, I, maybe. Is Mostly Mozart not over yet? I oh. thought it was over. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, this ties in, of course, to the Young Artist Program show that we're doing uh, that Alan Periello is moving from Arizona Opera to the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the program at Glimmerglass. First of all, this is the second big name that Arizona Opera has now lost. Uh, they lost the executive director, artistic director, over to Minnesota, mm-hmm. it was, some uh, some months ago. And now Alan, well, he's doing both. I mean, they're not really losing him, per se, I guess. Uh, I, I've met this guy. He's, he's a really nice guy. He's also literally like 12 years old. 
Uh, so this is incredible for him. I, c- I could not be prouder that he is uh, able to do both these gigs at the same time. I mean, they fit perfectly together. One is during the academic uh, year, and the other one is during the summer. And he's he's got he doesn't have to be in Arizona in the summer. How nice is that? Seems really nice. <laughs> really hot down there. Uh, lastly, oh yeah, it was the the two minute drill spot we had from last week as well. The uh, singer Laura Bertan, who's on America's Got Talent. Hey, Patrick, have you watched America's Got Talent at all? I have not watched any. Your eyes would probably bleed. Has, has anyone did. ever asked you if you were going to go on America's Got Talent? Every time I get my hair cut. <laughs> <laughs> I, my wife watches this show. I can't wait. Or is it The Voice that she watches? They're kind of all the same, right? The Voice is a little different. And okay. on The Voice, at least, you get Christina Aguilera. Not anymore. Now it's Miley Cyrus and Alicia Keys. This oh, my God. Way. This, yeah. is, this is gross. I would turn in for yeah. That's amazing. That's like trash TV at its finest. I just like to watch the audition portion because it makes me feel better about my own auditions. Oh, Lord. The thing is, with that show, they always give you so much backstory on the singers, Mm -hmm. like the terrible thing that happened in their family. And so you expect, oh, they gave me the backstory on that person. That person's definitely getting through. And then they don't. And you're like, oh, man, ouch. Now we, all, now we all know this terrible thing about all, you, like you have a third nipple tra- or something like all that. All that tragedy didn't make you a better singer. This is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> we got a couple of minutes left on this segment. I think we should do a little preview for what we're thinking next week, which is the audition horror stories. Again, it ties oh, into this on, week's show, the, the Young Artists Program. Uh, putting the call out there to all of our listeners, let us know what your we audition story is. We, we just do have stories. We do have a handful. We've gotten some uh, via email. You can also, if you want, leave us a voicemail. uh, And the number there, 224-2189-BOX, 224-2189-269. Leave us a voicemail. Tobias, I think you had one that you wanted well, to so shout out. Just kind of as an idea, um, moving forward, because we would, as we move into audition season, it's, it'd be great just to talk about great collaboration going on in Boston. We want collaboration with our listeners here on Opera Box Square, and we want you guys to share, um, and maybe we start doing it weekly. Who knows? But a, a horror story from an audition. Um, and I just, so this isn't necessarily awful, but I had someone send me uh, an email. And he said he was auditioning for a very well-known young artist program, and uh, he offered Die Spiltness from Mozart's, Mozart's uh, The Magic Flute. Um, and The portrait aria. Yes. <laughs> Sing to your hand, everybody. Sing, Sing to, to your, your hand. hand. Anyway, so he's a tenor, and they asked for Die Spiltness, and he said they listened to the first two notes and then openly started discussing their lunch plans, like to the point where he could hear them because they were in close proximity. He said they ordered on their phone while he was singing and then as he got to the very end of the aria they lifted up and said oh you sounded great thank you and then kicked him out of the room (laughs) and so that's kind of that's a pretty mild one Um, i wonder though i mean like if (laughs) they were doing that to test his perseverance to test his you know they were hungry yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> Wait, can I share a quick one really quick? Yeah, yeah, do it. I was singing Traviata in an audition. I was singing Damien Bolinti's Beauty. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were singing Sempre Libre. I was like, awesome. Sempre Libre. <laughs> no. Um, so I was singing Damien Bolinti's Beauty, and I said, uh, Fidel, ah, si, instead yeah. of si, si. Yeah. And uh, the maestro who was doing this audition after I finished said, why did you say ah, si, instead of C C, and I was like, uh, I, I don't know. It's just kind of what I felt like. I didn't feel like I would say yes, yes. I would say ah, yes. And he goes, was that was that your own idea or was that a teacher's idea? 
And I was like, well, no one ever told me not to do it. And he goes, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home, buy a new score, and invest in your own artistic ideas. And I didn't get that job. What a... But... <laughs> oh, man, we can't swear on this show. Yeah. So, so you're saying that wasn't good advice. Well, I have to say something because I'm stubborn. I auditioned for that same man uh, a year later and sang the yeah. same aria on oh. purpose. And I sang C, C, and I stared right at him yeah. when I sang it. And winked. And you once again didn't get yeah. the... No, I got yeah. that job. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. Did he remember oh. you? Yeah, he okay. remembered me. Because okay. <laughs> as soon as I stopped, he's like, I uh, see that you reevaluated some of your artistic choices. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give that guy That's an awesome credit. story. Yeah, you give no, that I enjoyed credit. that one, yeah. Well, uh, listeners, it's over to you. Let us know about those opera audition horror stories. We'll get them ready for next week. You can email us, operaboxscore at gmail.com. We're almost out of time on this show. We're going to wrap it up so, with look, we, we'll, good call, bad we call. We will, but somebody to tell you, we will be discreet. If you guys want to give us a story, but you don't want to like ruin your name out there, We'll make up a name for you. Just give us as many details as possible. We'll leave out the important things. Let's we won't. We won't name companies. Yeah. We won't name individuals. We just want your stories. We. Yeah. It could be a hilarious segment. So please do give us your ideas. Write us on our Facebook page, um, Opera Box Score. Um, opera Box Score at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Good call, bad call on Opera Box Score. Well. Patrick Dean Shelton, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, pleasure to be here. Good. Uh, As you know, we wrap up every show with our Good Call, Bad Call segment, something brilliant about opera or life in general in the past week. That's a good call. Bad Call would be something totally crummy and lousy. Patrick Dean Shelton, what do you got for us? Um... My good call, and maybe this is, I I think I just have two good calls. (laughs) Excellent. My good call is that I guess maybe more than a week ago, I saw the Damnation de Faust by Berlioz at Grant Park, and it was a really wonderful performance, and I'm really glad I got to hear that score. And then I have a good call for two days from now when Verismo comes out at an Atrebko's new CD, which I can't wait for, and I recommend you go find the video of the photo shoot of her album cover. Oh, my and goodness. And that's my good call for the week. <laughs> awesome. It will make you laugh. <laughs> Line up outside like you're getting an iPhone for, mm-hmm. for the Rismo CD. <laughs> wait outside of Barnes & Noble. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias Wright, what do you got? Um, I think my good call is uh, having Oliver in studio with us today. Because nice. he makes me happy. And Patrick, thank you for being our guest, and I can't wait to follow you with COT. I'm excited to see some of the stuff they have coming up, and, and I wish you the best of luck, and thank you so much for being on the show with thank us tonight. Thank you. Oh. Oliver Camacho, what do you got? Um, next week, the Collaborative Arts Institute of Chicago uh, starts their fifth annual uh, Collaborative Works Festival, which is a really boring name for what they're doing. Uh, it's a leader festival. There's a master class. There's a recitals. Most importantly, Eileen Perez is coming to give a recital at Gantz Hall with pianist Craig Terry. And Eileen Perez is effing amazing, especially in a small space at the piano. She's a very detailed singer. She's gorgeous. She's a beautiful voice, and she knows how to entertain. So go check out Eileen Perez. That's it for tonight's show. Our announcer is Norm Waddell. Visit Norm on the web at voxershorts.com. That's V-O-X-E-R-S-H-O-R-T-S.com. For WNUR, our programming director is Nick Anderson, and the general manager is Brock Stussy. Our theme song is Vodka Inferno, written and performed by the Diablo Swing Orchestra. You can find 
follow us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for Opera Box Score. Be sure to like our Facebook page, and if you know people who would enjoy our show, help us spread the word by sharing our posts on our website operaboxscore.squarespace.com You can stream archived episodes and learn more about our team, and you can always email us, operaboxscore at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast version of our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Leave a review. Let us know what you want to hear more of on the show. Yes, we are back live on Monday, September 5 at 9pm Central. Mm -hmm. It's Labor Day. We'll be here. I hope you'll be here too. The creative consultant for Opera Box Score is Oliver Camacho for Tobias Wright and Patrick Dean Shelton. I'm George Cedarquist asking you to continue the conversation about opera with your best buds. Street Beat is up next. You're listening to WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago. Chicago Sound Experiment. <laughs>